Hello, it's Caroline, and I'm here to tell you that the episode you're about to listen to was recorded a long time ago, back when I used Patreon, back when I ran lots of different workshops and programs that I do not run anymore, and back before the Fuck It Diet book. So if I refer to any of these obsolete offerings while you're listening, just know that even though my Patreon and other programs don't exist anymore, you can find helpful resources by going to thefuckadiet.com slash more. You can also read the beginning of the Fuck It Diet book for free from my site. Lastly, this podcast is extremely messy. And it was actually intentionally messy and unstructured because that was the only way I could inspire myself to start and continue this podcast. I needed the lowest stakes possible. And though this podcast remains very low budget and has remained messy throughout the years until now, if you want slightly more structured and streamlined episodes, listen to the more recent episodes. All right, enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to the Fuck It Diet Radio. This is Caroline Dooner. I am the host of this podcast. I am the writer behind the Fuck a Diet website and the new Fuck a Diet book that you can pre-order now at thefuckadiet.com slash book. Actually, that's where you can have links to other places where you can order it, if you know what I mean. I, in the beginning, was just sharing the Amazon link because it was so exciting to me um, to have it be on Amazon and say HarperCollins Publishers, but then... Ooh, they told me that I can be like penalized by Apple Books and by Barnes and Noble if I am like favoring one over the other. So anyway, that's why I have to like share a page that shares all the links. Also, yes, get it from your indie bookstore. Go to your local bookstore and ask them to order it, to pre-order it for you. Um, you can say the fuck a diet. You can also say it's a book by Caroline Dooner um, if you don't want to say the title. And they can find it in their system and they can pre-order it for you. So you can support your local bookstore too. Um, And if you are not in the U.S., if you're not in North America, because it's um, English North America, so it's the U.S. and it's Canada. Um, If you're, say, in the U.K. or somewhere else um, and you want to read it in English, but it's not out in your country yet, which hopefully it will be soon, but you want to get it um, when it comes out in the U.S. and in Canada, you can go to a place like bookdepository.com and you can also order it from any online place. I just believe that you have to deal with shipping and maybe some like extra tax thing. I don't know. But um, there is a way or you can wait. But of course, you know, I want you to pre-order it. And I'm sorry about the extra shipping deal. Um, Pre-orders really help. So pre-orders help rankings it helps people get, it's sort of like that exponential thing where once people are buying it, it kind of like puts it in um, more places for other people to find it. It's the same kind of thing with the podcast. When I say, guys, if you rate and review this podcast, not only is it nice to go and look and see good ratings and reviews, but it also kind of puts it higher in the analytics for other people so they can find it if that's what they're looking for. So I thank you very much for pre-ordering the book. I'm so excited about it. It's a super comprehensive program in a book, essentially, to take everyone through the physical part that we talk about all the time here, like actually what's happening, why diets don't work, um, the kinds of resistance that you'll run into, what you can expect, what people have experienced, what I experienced, why I came to this, um, 
it's very long. It was really long, and now it's cut down, so it's not too long, but it's still a very long book, and hopefully it's super comprehensive. Um, but then it goes into the emotional part, how I talk about emotions and being in your body and sort of the fight or flight trauma response that we get into and how that affects us with our food and with our beliefs. Then it moves to the mental part where we really talk about beliefs and how they affect you and how they affect even the way that you digest food and the way that you process food, um, how connected the mind and the body are. And then the last section is the fun, thriving self-care section. I'm just very excited. Like I, I wish that it was coming out even sooner, but I'll take it. I'll take it as it is. It's, it's exciting anyway. Um, and then also what's happening right now, I don't know if this is going to be out in time, but today is the last day to sign up for Fucketeer Academy before it runs live. I'm running Fucketeer Academy live, um, for the last time in a while, so I can focus on the book. I can focus on pre-orders. I can focus on focusing on that. <laughs> And, um, but you can always buy Fucketeer Academy self-study once the live version is over. I'm going to try to get this podcast out just in case there are people who want to sign up in the last couple hours today for the live version where I'll be doing live calls and we'll be going through live in a Facebook group, blah, blah, blah. And then of course, just like I said, if you like this podcast, if this isn't the first time that you've listened and you want to give it a good rate and review, in iTunes, it really does help get it out there for other people. And as I've said before, um, one of the reasons that publishers were excited about have, about buying my book essentially to publish was podcast numbers, which is crazy. Like you kind of have to like prove to them that they're not wasting their time, even if they're like, mm, cool concept or mm, you're a good writer, but like we can't count on this to be something that'll like make us money. They're always thinking that way. So anyway, thank you podcast listeners. Really just thank you. Thank you everyone. So today I'm going to do what I usually do. I'm going to read a new post and I'm going to be answering questions from Patreon. Now over on Patreon, I have changed it so I'm not going to be, after um, this month, which was October, so starting November, um, for the higher rewards that I was offering, these secret posts and writing prompts and um, energy work for $5 to $10 a month, I'm actually not going to be doing new content there for now, though if you do sign up at a higher reward, you can get the old stuff, you can get the archives, so there will be stuff to go through if that's interesting to you. But I just kind of have too much on my plate and I need to simplify. So patreon.com slash Caroline Dooner is still the place to be a podcast insider, to ask questions for the podcast um, for as little as $1 a month. So we're going to keep that going until it doesn't make sense anymore. We'll, we'll see. I don't know what's going to happen. But for now, we're going to keep doing this. But first, I'm going to read a post called but aren't there foods that are objectively shitty? Which is a question that I get all of the time. Lots of people ask me, okay, so I can get behind the no dieting thing, but aren't there foods that are inherently shitty? Should I, shouldn't I still avoid shitty food even while I'm not dieting? And here is the thing, and it's very important. If I told you, if the fuck a diet was telling you to stop dieting, but to try and avoid or even limit quote unquote, shitty food, that would first of all be a rule, even though it's a soft rule, it would be a rule. 
which is a diet, which would easily turn into restriction again in many people's heads and fuck up their eating anyway. This is what happens all of the time. And this is why the fuck a diet is as radical as it sounds and as I'm always talking about. Because if I did that, people would also think, oh, geez, so there is food that I should be eating and food that I shouldn't be eating. But which food is shitty food? I thought we were trying to neutralize food. And what will happen if I do eat it? And if it's a sometimes thing, how often is it okay to eat shitty food? Or should I really just be avoiding shitty food always? And that way of thinking happens a lot with intuitive eating where people are like, I'll just listen and hopefully eat healthy foods most of the time. That way of thinking is not the fuck it diet and it will not help you in the big picture. It will keep you in this kind of like half middle ground state where you're not actually getting to the food intuition that you can get to and that you so deserve. So let me also just play devil's advocate with myself here. If we zoom way out, the truth is we have polluted our planet and our food and our water, and our air, and our soil, and our homes. We have. It's a fact. And it goes so much way, way, way deeper than food, or packaged food, or quote-unquote shitty food. There are way worse things in the air than whatever food additive you're afraid of, or whatever fried food you're avoiding. Pollution is everywhere, and I could make you afraid of drinking water, and taking a breath, and taking a shower, but that would not help you it would not help you. You could easily spend every moment of your day thinking about it and worrying about it and trying to avoid all pollution, but you cannot. You cannot avoid it. You can't. It's a a dark reality. And I actually care deeply about environmental sustainability and cleaning up our planet, but I also care deeply about helping people heal disordered eating and restore their mental health and quality of life and focus on resilience instead of fear. Focus on intuition. Focus on trusting what you can trust because there are so many things that are scary and out of control. In a way, pollution and disorder eating, both of those two things, they're both issues of quality of life and they aren't mutually exclusive. You can feed yourself organic foods when you want or when it's possible. You can vote with your dollar if you have the luxury and privilege of being able to afford it. You can volunteer for environmental sustainability groups and charities And eat packaged snacks when that's what you crave or when that's all that's available. We can and should be able to do both because food perfectionism has gotten you nowhere and it will never get you anywhere. Stress over the food you eat is arguably worse for you than the food itself. And that's one of the interesting things about when I get into the mental part and the power of our beliefs in the book, and I talk about it on the podcast too, is that even what you think and believe and fear about the food you're eating can change the physiological response to the food that you're eating. It's crazy. We're, we're not, you know, we're not just a separate mind and a separate body. They really do affect each other. The placebo effect is real. It's real. It affects you. It's not, the placebo effect isn't nothing. It's, it's a real thing that changes your physiology. Also, stress has been shown to change gut microbiota. I feel like normally I hear the word microbiome, but microbiota are like, it's just another way of saying it. But that's what the, I link to an article that you can read um, in the actual post version of this on my site, thefuckadiet.com slash blog. 
So stress can shut down or slow digestion and raise inflammation. The lining of the gut is literally part of our nervous system, and every process in our body is interconnected. Stress physically affects your body, your nervous system, and your bodily functions and processes. Processes. On the other hand, under calmer circumstances, our bodies are wired and usually very equipped to take the good from food and process out the bad. These are all reasons to just surrender during this process and let yourself eat whatever food you want, quote-unquote whole or quote-unquote shitty or somewhere in between. Fuck it, listen to your body, and eat the funfetti. That's such a, like, catchy little weird thing that's such a that's such a tweet (laughs) fuck it listen to your body and eat the funfetti so in my book I have all of these different sections in defense of carbs and sugar in defense of delicious food in defense of salt um and then I have in defense of shitty food and I this was the section that I worried about the most because I was like oh man I don't want people to think that I'm calling food shitty because it's so important. It really is so important to neutralize food. And I'm not. I'm just understanding that people already believe inherently that certain food is shitty for, you know, not for no reason. You know, it's not crazy to think that food that's neon that, you know, has all these quote unquote fake ingredients in it or whatever is shitty. And so people have these fears over it and this kind of obsessive orthorexia over it and this guilt over it and I want to free you from that because it doesn't serve you it's not it is not the thing that is ruining your life it isn't and you can allow whatever food you think is shitty to be part of a healthy lifestyle of a whole intuitive joyful healthy lifestyle and that's our fucking goal, man. It's our goal, okay? None of this is mutually exclusive. Oh, yay. People are signing up for Fucketeer Academy. This is exciting, but I probably shouldn't be in my email right now, but it's because I was trying to go to patreon.com slash Caroline Tuner, which is where my cousin is texting me. She said, Sama, okay, I have showered. She has a shower. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Recording a podcast right now. And this text will now be on the podcast. Great. Meta. Very meta. Okay. Okay. Patreon wants me to confirm my country of residence. This is insane. Okay. United Arab Emirates. No, 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 no. United States. Okay. My state. Pennsylvania. Don't stalk me. Submit. Okay. Okay, the first question is from Montana. She said, that's her name, not the state, but maybe she lives in Montana too. Who knows? She said, I didn't realize until this summer just how much time I spend disconnected from my body. Ooh, girl, I know. I mean, I didn't, I really didn't understand that that is what I was doing, but I knew something was up. I've got this theory that whenever we do something we don't want to do, we disconnect from our bodies. Girl, this is what I talk about all the time. This is like something I talk about, I'm sorry that I'm going to keep saying the things that I talk about in the book, but this is like a huge part of the way that I explain 
um, the fight or flight response, trauma response, not being grounded in our bodies, and essentially what we do in all stressful situations and very much what we do when we're dieting or uncomfortable in our bodies. So you're definitely onto something, and I'm going to keep reading now. Um, she said, I've got this theory that whenever we do something we don't want to do, we disconnect from our bodies. Sometimes that can be really helpful, like when I'm in the dentist and I really just need to escape for a bit. Sometimes you have to. That is true. But that's how we get in a um, in a habit of it, which can become really problematic. And then she says, but the disconnect feels bigger the longer that um, the thing I don't want to be doing lasts. We spend so much of our time at work doing jobs that we may or may not enjoy and that we are obligated to be at nonetheless, and I'm seriously struggling with being at work now that I know it's disconnecting me so much from my body. Does anyone know of anything that could help me stay connected while at work? Or if I'm able to get away for a few minutes, maybe something that I could do to help me get connected. I did some lying down for five minutes and feeling my feelings things last week, and it was really helpful. Since then, our office has been rearranged, and there isn't a spot I feel comfortable lying down in anymore. I think I'm really just looking for validation and solidarity. The struggle is real. What you're experiencing, Montana, is what so many people, most of us do. Like, literally, like, we're all just running around, like, we're all humans running around trying to not be human because we just don't want to have to feel. And it often has to do with, because it's become such a coping mechanism and such a thing that we don't even realize we're doing. We we're, so when you're not in your body, you're not able to process emotions um, and like energy and um, stress response in real time. And it literally gets stored for later, but then it's, it's easy to be like accessed and brought up. So it kind of gets into this cycle of us avoiding our bodies because there's so much uncomfortable, there's so many uncomfortable things in there. And, um, and so we kind of keep doing it and we're overwhelmed when we start to get like, actually like bring our attention back into our bodies. So also you can look at this in a super spiritual way. Like we're spirits who are like literally not wanting to have to deal with being human, or you can look at it as a, like, um, we just need to feel like on a, on a very, um, primal, um, uh, like the fight or flight response when adrenaline gets kicked up, when we get into a stressful situation, we need to feel that and ride it out. So our body knows that we're not in danger anymore, but humans don't really do that. So it's also a very biological thing that we need to stay with emotions to process them, to process old ones. And if we can do it to process in real time, but we're not doing that. So my advice to you is at home to do the lying down and feeling your feelings thing when you can get away, but then to begin to see if even sitting at your desk, you can just take three deep breaths and feel what it feels like in your body, feel the stress, feel the panic, feel the like actually feeling your physical body is, is all you really need to do to start. Can you feel your feet on the floor? Can you take deep breaths and feel your legs? Can you just take the couple breaths to remind yourself to be in your physical body while you are working and you will inevitably forget and jump out again and get stuck in your head and stop breathing. And that's what we do. But what I have found is that you can, if every time you remember you try to drop back down and feel what it feels like in your body, it will become more second nature. And, you know, 
it's very second nature for me at this point because I've been working on it for so long, but there are definitely times when I'm like, okay, okay, I'm stressed. I'm stressed. Okay. I'm like, haven't been in my body for the past two hours and I need to like center again. But there's a reason why people talk about taking a deep breath, but the deep breath in my opinion is about getting back into your body. And it's not always comfortable, but our fear is that when we lean into what's uncomfortable, um, it'll like our life will become uncomfortable. Oh my God, my dog, she's like running in her sleep. She's twitching. I wonder if she's chasing a squirrel. Wow. Anyway, we fear that if we lean into discomfort in our bodies, that we'll sort of like never, it'll never go away. Like that our, this is our new life now and we're uncomfortable. Um, but the truth is the only way to actually let discomfort, emotional, physical pass is to get into your body. Cause that's where healing happens, even physical healing, but also emotional healing and all that stuff. So I'm giving you validation and solidarity. I recommend, you know, if you can't take time to lie down during the work day, baby, sorry, my dog woke up. Um, if you can't take time to to lie down during the workday, which, you know, may be hard to do, just take those extra breaths. When you go to the bathroom, take an extra minute to sit there and breathe and feel what it feels like to be alive. And that is the first step. And just do that whenever you notice it. And then also if it feels really um, panic-inducing or overwhelming to do that, just understand that that's normal. There's nothing wrong with you. Um, that kind of thing will pass the more you feel it and the more you get used to it. I hope that's helpful. Um, okay, so I'm going to move on to Allie. She said, hi, Caroline and community. I am back to the fuck a diet for the third time after falling off the wagon. Most recently, my steps backward were triggered by my step into veganism for what was Originally a moral decision, but which quickly dropped me dead center into restriction and self-hatred and obsessively scrolling through pictures of skinny fruitarians on Instagram. After a few months and a very serious bout of depression, I realized the depression was caused partially by the restriction. I deleted Instagram from my phone, started eating dairy fish eggs as my, and as many croissants as I want, and my depression has lifted. I'm frustrated that I can't find any health providers that take my... Oh, girl, I take my um, MTHFR mutation seriously, but I don't, but don't want to put me on some very restrictive diet. Most recent example. So if anybody doesn't know what this is, it's a gene mutation that makes it harder for your body to process out toxins, essentially, which is, which I have it too, um, which, you know, can cause health problems and can cause people to believe that they need a diet to become healthy, but there's literally no fucking thing. Um, it's just, it's not diet basically. It's just like, just bad luck really. Um, but she says that my most recent example was a natural doctor that tried to get me to start a vegan keto plant. Fuck. What the fuck even is vegan keto? I don't even know what that would be. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. That makes me really, I'm laughing because it sounds so fucking absurd. Uh, she said, which triggered this most recent bout of depression. How can I find a healthcare provider without accidentally exposing myself to someone who will send me into a diet spiral? This is one of the hardest questions. This is one of the things that everybody consistently, whether they have 
you know, a gene mutation or not, whether they're going to a natural doctor or a, um, it's called allopathic, right? What's the, what's the, so natural doctor. And then what's the like, um, technical term for like modern medicine doctor, a not natural doctor. And then there are people who are somewhere in between. Um, it's so hard because diet culture and diet mentality and the belief that diet can cure you, um, is so pervasive and it's so like like I bet that fucking doctor isn't on a vegan keto plan like she has no idea do you know what I mean she's like oh my unhealthy patients need to go on this to heal fuck no first of all no 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 I'm that makes me so upset I'm so sorry (laughs) so here's the thing so people who have like autoimmune stuff or any other chronic virus stuff may have like lowered immunity so that they're reacting to certain foods and then the foods are blamed when really it's a much more underlying thing and any food sensitivities are a symptom. And so, yes, it can be helpful on a temporary basis to remove things that are like acutely upsetting your stomach or acutely giving you flare-ups, but it's not healing the core problem, um, which is supporting your organs to work more effectively, which I work with a natural doctor as well. And it's a lot about herbal supplements that support the pathways in your body that are weaker than other people's. That's essentially the way I look at it. So it's about supporting the body to be more resilient. Um, and there's no perfect way to do it. There's no purity about it. There's no one and done. There's no static healing state. It just doesn't need to be done with the mentality of perfection because that is the opposite of, of healing, of like living and healing. So anyway, I'm so sorry that you're dealing with this. I totally understand. I feel really lucky that my doctor, um, who is in Seattle and I am in Philadelphia. So it's like crazy. Um, though I did just find somebody new who's in New Jersey and closer and I'm going, and I think he looks at things similarly in a way that's really helped me. I literally used to have, um, uh, what's it called? Low grade fevers every week, like twice a week. I would have a low grade fever just for days. Um, and it wasn't anything I was eating and it wasn't anything that I was, you know, it wasn't my fucking fault. Do you know what I mean? And this was like two years ago. Um, and then on these certain herbs that really support your immune system and help, um, help with any sort of chronic virus stuff that I have, Um, I don't have that anymore. So there are ways to heal. There are ways to support your body, not on a diet. Like I, and so anyway, I told this doctor that I was like, I have had eating issues in the past, so I'm not interested in going on a diet unless you can tell me with a hundred percent certainty that it's what I need to be doing and that it will heal me, which I knew that she wouldn't be able to do. And she's like, okay, that's fine. We don't need to worry about that at all. And she's been so honestly amazing about not bringing it up, but I know that not everybody is. And she also was like, we can totally work with that. Like that's not a thing. And I think that she does. I think she herself is on a, you know, sort of pseudo diet. And I think that, um, she might recommend it to other people just because that's so, standard and common for like what people think you need to do to heal. And I just don't agree. Um, and I, I personally feel like I've healed so much in a total non-diet 
place and mentality on gluten. (laughs) Um, Okay, so basically, I'm really sorry, and I don't know how to find a doctor for you, um, but I do know that there are some who will listen to you, and you can use the eating disorder card, which hopefully people, whether you identify with having an eating disorder or not, like just say that you have one or that you had one um, or that you recovered from one and hope that 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 is serious enough for them to listen to it. Um, That gets really hard with people in larger bodies because there's such a um, like a stigma and a belief about what eating disorder bodies look like. It's just uh, we it's just a fucking mess. Like it's it's a huge fucking mess. Like nobody is looking at this the right way and it's really really harmful to people, but um yeah, use the eating disorder card. Say I've had disordered eating in the past and you know, it's it gets really unhealthy unhealthy for me, so I'm looking to support my body um without you mentioning any restrictive diets because I'm unable to do that without having an eating disorder. Whether that's true or not for you, whether you want to identify as having an eating disorder or not, just know that um, that hopefully for a doctor who is knows for a doctor that you should be working with, like if they can't respect that, then they're not the right doctor for you. And that doesn't make it easy. I know it's hard to find the right doctor, but um, I do recommend. I, I recommend trying that. And also my doctor is Dr. Christine Schaffner um, in Seattle, and she's amazing. And so if anybody's around there and interested and has any sort of chronic health stuff, I totally I recommend her so much. She's amazing. She's coming back from maternity leave now. Um, and I can't wait to have... <laughs> can't wait to... Anyway. Um, so, okay, the next question was somebody... Just saying, I want a relationship with food that's not obsessive. On either end of the spectrum, please help me learn how to eat normal again. I know I am counterculturally challenged, so it will take time. Well, you're in the right place. I definitely can't just... Um, that's not a question. And she wasn't asking questions. She was just introducing herself to people. Um, and someone says, I would start by giving yourself complete permission to eat whatever you want, whenever you want. I know that it's scary and you may be really hungry at first, but it's okay. It will die down eventually. So hopefully, hopefully Julie, you're doing well. And... Um, that you're listening to this now and yeah you're in the right place this is these are the people who are trying to do the same thing so yay so samantha says joyful movement hello caroline i'm wondering if you could speak about how healing your relationship with food can spill oh healing your relationship with food can spill over into your relationship with exercise i'm feeling really comfortable with eating what i want when i want and not judging myself for any of my food choices i've even started to incorporate some gentle nutrition not because i'm forced to but because sometimes i'm craving those greens never thought i'd see the day where i would want to eat all the cake sorry let me read that again never thought i'd see the day where i wouldn't want to eat all the cake the day is here yay she says yay and now i'm gonna say yay However, something I'm still really struggling with is exercise. I gave it up completely when I started the fuck it diet and listening to my cues because I didn't want to exercise. Previously, I only exercised for the purpose of weight loss. Recently, I've been craving movement and I actually want to be active, but as soon as I step foot in the gym, gym, oh, sorry. (laughs) I was like, gym evil? What's a gym evil? But as soon as I step foot in the gym, evil diet culture thoughts come creeping back. Mm. Molly, 
Hi. Oh, I don't know what's happening. Um, sorry. As soon as she steps foot in the gym, gym, not gym, evil diet culture thoughts come back. I love lifting weights, but I start automatically thinking about, will my body change? Will it become leaner? Do you have any suggestions for how to heal the exercise part of your relationship beyond? Wait, I'm doing a terrible job reading. I'm sorry. The exercise part of your relationship beyond just exercising when you feel like it and resting when you don't. I would appreciate your insight greatly. My advice is to not go to a gym for now or go to a gym that doesn't feel the same as the one that you went to before. Um, I'm not saying that you can't do gym-like things. I'm not saying that gyms are inherently evil. I'm not saying that lifting weights or what or cardio or whatever is inherently bad but the environment of a gym it's almost like I'm telling an addict not to go to the places where they used to take drugs it's like that kind of neural pathway um we need to not trigger that and that doesn't mean that in a year or two or three you won't be able to go back to the gym and have a little bit more um strength and freedom from the way you used to think but I think right now find ways what did you say joyful movement find joyful movement that is not in the gym and even if you want to do strength training like make sure that it's something that really does feel fun to you and this can change over time things can feel great and then stop feeling great and then it's time to move on to something else that does feel great um yoga but yoga can be triggering for people walking swimming my God, walking is the best. Walking is the best. It is. Walking with an, with music. Um, find ways to do joyful movement, dance classes, martial arts that feel fun and don't trigger the same loop that you used to get into. And if that loop is triggered, just have the awareness to take a break, to change up what you're doing. Um, but I think the simplest answer is to not go to the gym for now, to find other ways to incorporate joyful movement. Oh, and that's what Montana said too. I'm looking at the responses. Um, yes, go to a different gym or just don't go to a gym for now. There are ways to have joyful movement that are not, in, I don't go to a gym. I'm like just the smell of rubber and like chlorine. I just can't, I can't deal. I just can't deal. Though sometimes I'm like, maybe I would like the structure of it. Maybe I would like to do some weights. I've considered it. I've even considered getting a personal trainer just so I can literally never think about it and just do what they tell me to do and tell them I don't want them to talk about weight loss or diet or I'll kill them. Just kidding. I would never kill anybody. Um, um, really, I don't know why I said that. Um, but I, I've considered it and maybe I will one day because I want to be strong and I want to have alignment. I don't want my back to hurt and stuff like that. But I also just, it's the kind of thing of like, oh, I just want someone to cook for me. Oh, I just want someone to tell me, tell me what like arm thing to do so I can be strong and my shoulders won't like come out of their socket like they do because I have like hyper mobility or whatever. But this is seven years into it. And if you're not ready to do that, I mean, I'm still putting it off. But if you're not ready to do that, you're not ready to do it and just find other ways. There are so many ways to feel good at moving and walking is one of them. And walking is free and it's easy and it can be so fucking fun if your music is good. Okay, I hope that's helpful. So Allie says, oh, ooh, no. First, Alicia says, can someone help me understand what is triggering for the fuck a diet community? I don't understand this question because it could be a couple things, Alicia. It could be 
what things are triggering to you. I'm going to say, can you elaborate? Sorry, I didn't say this a couple days ago when you wrote it. Can you elaborate? I'm confused. So I don't know whether you're saying, can you help me understand what is triggering for you guys? Or can you help me understand what triggering means to you guys? Do you know what I'm saying? So triggering means um, it's something that kind of puts you back into your old way of thinking about food and weight. Um, so for instance, someone could say, oh, following. So a good example is I, someone saying, I started following this intuitive eating teacher, but then she started talking about good foods and bad foods, or she started talking about, um, you know, diety rules. And it was triggering for me because I trusted her and I thought that she was going to help me heal my eating. But then she started saying things that were like confusing and that can be triggering for people or, um, any sort of diet commercial can be triggering for people. Anything that kind of makes people lose their ground and wonder if maybe what they're doing is wrong or makes them go back into their habits from before or their thoughts from before that's triggering. And then if you're asking what kinds of things are triggering beyond what I just said, um, I guess people can answer and tell you what's triggering for them. But I'm going to move on to the next question. Allie says, help friends. I'm in need of help friends. I'm in need of your support. I keep hearing a reel of limiting beliefs and untrue stories in my head lately, mostly along the lines of if my body were thinner, I could move better. I'd be happier if I look different. I could dress nicer and look more professional, etc. How do you stop these thoughts once you're aware of them? I like to, um, this is, again, this is work that I do in Fucketeer Academy, like energy work on the stress attached to limiting beliefs. But you can look up EFT, emotional freedom technique. You can do some writing exercises, um, awareness and getting into your body and breathing through it and not letting your mind kind of go off on its own, but understanding that they're just thoughts and um, breathing through whatever stress that they bring up. Those are the things that, those are the simplest ways that I recommend um, beyond the more specific energy work that I do in Faculty Academy. Um, yes. Okay, I'm going to move on to the next one. So Bridget says, Oh yeah. Bridget says, have you read the power of now? It is very relatable to the fuck it diet, but in a more spiritual way, I thought you would like it. It's all about limiting beliefs and how we have to dissociate from our ego, which to me is outback. I don't know if that's what you meant. Outback diet voice. Um, I don't understand outback, but maybe I'm like slow and not understanding something. Um, okay. So in college, I don't actually think I've ever finished The Power of Now, which is really embarrassing to say, but I I loved it and I get the gist of it. And I followed Eckhart Tolle for a very long time. I still think he's super, um, super wise. I think he's one of those like alien people though, where it's like, he's so enlightened that he that what he is not what he's saying isn't wise. It is. It's super wise, and it really is helpful. Um, and after I read his other book, A New Earth, I was the nicest fucking person for a month. I was so aware of my ego and never talked about anybody, <laughs> but I was really boring. No, it was great. It's an amazing book. Um, it it really he's really great. He's really really great. And I love it. And it's definitely informed all of those self-help books that I was like so into definitely informed the emotional and mental part of the fuck it diet. 
Um, but what's so weird is I didn't finish the book. So I didn't even know he talked about limiting beliefs in there. But I definitely know his whole deal is about dissociating from the ego and watching your thoughts and being aware of your thoughts. And um, and the idea of like coming back into your body and grounding is very similar to... It's when I talk about coming back into your body and grounding and feeling your body, to me, that is the easiest and most actionable way to quote unquote become present. When people were like, become present, I was like, okay, I'm going to become present. I'm going to watch everything that happens. I'm going to be very aware of the sounds I'm hearing and I'm not going to daydream, blah, blah, blah. Oh, sorry. My dog is just like sitting next to me and being kind of loud. Um, but that never clicked for very long. And so I have found it to be really helpful to actually anchor yourself into your body to help you become present and to help you be aware of your thoughts. So yes, the answer is I love the power of now. I recommend the power of now. I think Eckhart Tolle is a great writer and a great alien teacher. And when I say that, I mean, there are a couple of spiritual teachers who were so depressed. Um, so they, sorry, I'm not explaining this right. Who were so depressed before they had their like legitimate enlightenment. And when they had their enlightenment, they became so peaceful and, and trusting of the world that they basically couldn't function as humans for a couple of years until they like relearned what it was like to be human. Sorry if my dog's being loud. And so now they teach from this like super enlightened perspective, but I just like to remind people that they are an anomaly and what they teach is amazing. But if you can't live in their place of Zen, like don't beat yourself up because they literally are barely human anymore. They're just like peaceful floating people who write books about the power of now. And, um, What's that book that I also love, but I also think she's an alien, Byron Katie, um, Loving What Is. I think there's a lot to be taken from it, but I think that it's also okay to be a little bit more human. And that's all I have to say about that, which is why I like to talk about grounding and feeling your emotions, as opposed to being like, I don't have emotions. This is all a, a simulation, which on one level, I do believe that, but at the same time, you definitely have emotions and avoiding them is not going to help in the big picture. Okay, guys, that's all for today. I wonder how long this is. Let me see. Time. Wow. That's actually not that long. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for pre-ordering the book. If you pre-order the book, thank you for rating and reviewing this podcast. If you rate and review this podcast, because it all helps so much, not only does it help me, which of course I want to be helped. Of course I want to be helped, but if you want other people to learn about the fuck a diet and to learn, oh, I'm really sorry if that's loud and annoying. If you want other people to learn about the fuck a diet or learn about intuitive eating, um, health at every size, it is worth, I'm so glad I'm turning this off because she's now eating a cow ear right next to the microphone. Um, it is, it's helpful to, to boost this. We'll put it in people's, um, in people's like, view I don't even know what I'm trying to say you know what I'm saying it just boosts it and then other people can find it and then less people will be on diets and it'll be better for everybody for you for me for them it's a win 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 okay okay bye thank you so much for listening